Uh, we come to the end of the Philippians series. That's right, it's been eight weeks uh, with a few interruptions. But Philippians chapter 4, we're going to get into the last few verses, verse 10 through verse 20. And in the middle of the verses that we're getting into today is a very famous verse if you've been around church for a little while, which says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or Christ who gives me strength, depending on what version uh, you read, uh, which we're going to talk about that verse. I saw a friend made a t-shirt and said, I can do all things with a verse taken out of context, Um, which I found. If there's verses taken out of context, this is one of those. Uh, And so we're going to look at it in its context today because it's a beautiful and it's a powerful revelation, but we've got to address it in its context. It doesn't mean, uh, you know, I can win the championship through Christ who strengthens me. No doubt this morning between the All Blacks and the Irish, there's some Christians on both sides. I don't know if they're praying this verse. That's not what this verse means. Okay, that's not what this verse is talking about. Otherwise, one of them, the verse isn't true for the Irish. Uh, They couldn't do all things through Christ who strengthened them. Um, I'm sorry if I burst in anyone's bubble. They didn't know the results, Um, but you had your chance. So um, (laughs) he's not meaning I can chase any dream that I want through Christ who strengthens me or I can become whoever I want to become. There's something so much more profound There's something so much deeper. There's actually something so much better than any of those things that he's getting at in this verse. So here's some closing remarks to the church we should take note of. But, you know, in this, over these last few weeks particularly, there's been a theme in what Paul has been saying. And so there's been a theme in what we've been preaching. If you want to have a faith that goes the distance, if you want to make it to the end, if you want to be able to get through anything, we've been talking about learn to rejoice whatever happens. Rejoice in the Lord. We've been talking about pressing on. We've been talking about learning to find peace that is beyond our circumstances. And so this is no different. Learning that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We're learning today that there's a resource from heaven available to every person who's a believer in Christ. That means you can have a deep contentment through any season of your life. And that's what God wants for us. So let's turn to the passage, Philippians 4, verse 9, oh, verse 10, sorry. Uh, How I praise the Lord Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. He's talking about this church he loves that's been supporting him in ministry practically. Uh, He says, not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or on everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation. We should like, whoa, what is the secret to living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or an empty, with plenty or little? Let's just pause there. Paul's talking about serving the Lord, He's talking about, we're all serving the Lord, right? He's talking about serving the Lord. And he's talking about, you go through seasons where literally is that no food and lots of food. We're gonna go through seasons where we have full bank accounts and empty bank accounts, high sense of security in the physical, low sense of security in the physical, seasons in life where everything's going our way and seasons in life where it seems like nothing is going our way. He's learned the secret to live in every 
situation, whether with plenty or with little. For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you've done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. And then when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me more, uh, sent help more than once. I love this. This is like a good, like, pep talk for a church. We want to be a church like that that supports people, that's for people, that's helping people more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a gift for your kindness. At the moment, I have all that I need and more. I'm generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Aphrodite. They are a sweet smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. Remember, every time you're generous, it's a sweet smelling sacrifice that's acceptable and pleasing to God. And this came, this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have already been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now, all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. There's a connection here. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. In verse 19, the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Let's begin by learning the secret to contentment. Contentment's a beautiful thing. Have you ever met somebody who's just truly content? Contentment smells a lot like peace. Tastes a lot like peace. It's very similar to being at peace. Contentment is the ability to be at peace no matter matter how much supply you're currently experiencing. If peace is the ability to be at peace, no matter the circumstances you're facing, contentment is the ability to be at peace no matter how full the bank account is or how much things are or aren't going your way. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but there are times where it's easier to be content than others, right? It's easier to be content when you have enough. It's a lot easier than when you don't have enough. And what we're talking about here is Paul's actually learned how to be content no matter what. And that's what God wants for us as well, a contentment beyond your circumstances. I don't know what circumstances you face today, I know some of them, but God wants you to be able to be content no matter the circumstances, no matter the circumstances. So there's some things that we can extract from Paul's writing here that teach us some of the pathway to contentment. And the first is an understanding in our lives. And Paul had it. Paul understood that he was supported by others in ministry in this season of his life. Like he had times where he supported himself, but at this time he was supported by others. But Paul understood this. Even though he's supported by others, His trust is in God, not people, as his supplier. You will never get God-given contentment, godly contentment, unless you realize that God is your supplier and no investment, no job, no person, contentment cannot come through those things. It's so important. You might receive a paycheck from somebody else or through somebody else, 
You might have business contracts that mean there's some predictability about the supply of finance in your lives. You might have whatever been supported by the government, so there's some predictability of supply there. Paul understood that supply comes through people, but it doesn't come from people. And if you want to develop contentment in your life, you have to understand that it's God who supplies, and so it's God who you can trust. This is King David. He's assembled all of the gifts for the building of the temple, and he says, and he lays them down before all of the people, and he says, wealth and honour come from you, God. Look, even our ability to make money, even our ability to supply for ourselves, it comes from God. People need a revelation of this because we think we're in control. We think we're our own supplier. We think our boss is supposed to be our supplier. We think whatever our contracts, our government, whatever's supposed to be our supplier, God is our supplier. God is the supplier. And if you can learn to trust Him, He supplies through others normally, but if you can learn ultimately to put your trust in Him, you're on your way to contentment. It's your first step. It's a great place to begin. The second place He ends up as, he, as He's moving towards contentment, understanding God is ultimately meeting His needs, is the second thing is, is He has the spirit of gratitude. If you want contentment, you gotta have gratitude. Because if you're focused on what you don't have, even if you have more than enough, you will not be content. But gratitude recognizes what you do have. It gives praise accordingly. Here he gives praise to both the Philippians and to God, understanding that they're in cahoots to supply all of his needs. And so he expresses gratitude to them. And what that does is it helps him to see what he does have which is a great next step towards contentment. God's my supplier. Oh, and I'm grateful for what I have. There are people that have more than enough, but they do not experience contentment and security because they don't trust God and they're not grateful for what they have. And so all they're focused on is what they don't have. That is not the way we should be. You can't get to contentment without the compulsory stopover at gratitude. There's no other route there, just so you know. There's no shortcut. There's no other airlines flying another route. You have to go through the stopover of gratitude. And then Paul really confronts us here because he has quite a different attitude. He doesn't just trust God as his supplier, have that revelation. He's not just grateful. He realises if I'm in a season where I have lots or a season with little, the secret to contentment is not a change of circumstance, but a change of attitude. He doesn't require new resources. He requires a new attitude. And this is how he conquers his circumstances rather than be conquered by them. This is, once again, this is like if we go back to last week's message, go up a few verses, don't worry about anything, instead pray about anything. The circumstances haven't changed, but your attitude can change. And this is what he's getting at again. I love, here he goes, I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret. It's like, if you've learned the secret, I want you to share the secret with us, Paul. There's lots of people, I, I've flicked through my, my social media, there's lots of people with lots of secrets. Secrets to losing weight, secrets to unclicking your back, 
You know, have you ever scrolled these things? There's like secrets to how to clean your bench properly, secrets to organise your garage. You know, there, then there's secrets to like make money. There's, there's so many secrets that people are peddling online. And this is like, this is effectively the, the, the game of religion, right? That we're, there's a peddling of secrets. If you do this, if you get in on this, if you join this. And the language Paul is using here is of like the religious cults that claim to have secrets that if you get through the initiation ceremony of them, you will learn the secret and you will elevate like everybody else. You go join a cult, then once you join, you go through the, they'll give you the secret once you've joined. Here, Paul is just publishing the secret to Christianity. All right, it's very different. He's just publishing the secret and it's quite different than the secrets of his time where people taught you how to rely on your will or your strength. Paul is like, makes no apologement, no such claim. He's not relying on inner strength. His strength came from Jesus living in him. This is the big secret of Christianity. If you're here for the first time, you don't understand what we're talking about. The secret is not church services. The secret isn't even the prayers. The secret's not the Bible. The secret is Christ. And when you put your faith and your trust in Christ, when you repent, you believe, you're baptised, Christ comes and lives in you by His Holy Spirit. And that's all the secret you ever need to live in the life of faith, that the very God of the universe puts His Spirit in you. This is the secret to the life of faith. Look, we're all tempted to put our, to find our strength in many things, to put our trust in many things, put our trust or find our strength in our health. But what about when that deteriorates? Put our strength in our smarts, but what about when they find their end? We put our strength in our hard work, but what about when our hard work isn't enough? We might put our strength or our hope in our connections and our ability to leverage our relationships. But what about when that won't get you through? We're very tempted to put our strength in the size of our bank accounts and our investment portfolios. And when they're going well, we feel secure. And when they're not going well, we feel insecure. That just shows we haven't learnt the secret. The secret is Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Think about this. John chapter one. In the beginning was the Word, speaking of Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was there in the beginning. Everything that was created was created by Him and through Him. This is Jesus. Created the whole universe by speaking. He lives in you. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength because I've got the strength of the entire creative ability of the universe living in me. I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be able to get through it. I'm gonna be able to walk through this season. I'm gonna be able to get through whatever the Lord throws at me. Whether I've got lots or little, I can do all things because I've got Christ. I don't just have prayers in church, I've got Jesus. I've got Jesus. In Him we live and move and have our being. The Scripture says, and I got that in me. I got that in me. He's filling the whole world with Himself and He considers me worthy 
to be a dwelling place because of what he's done for me. This is, this is Colossians, okay? Paul would write this. This is the great mystery, Christ in you. Christ in you. Christ in you. I know we like to make it complicated, but it's just Christ in you. It's Christ in you. Even you people on the mezzanine, Christ in you. And I know we like to make it complicated, right? We like to make it about a hundred things or at least half a dozen things, but here is the secret. It's through Christ. It's through Christ. It's through Christ. Is it making sense? It's through Christ. You've got enough. You don't need to follow Him for a hundred years. You just need Christ. You're here today, Christ is available to every single one of us. This is the even better part. Not only is He available, He made Himself available. He makes us worthy. He gives Himself to us. Before you even knew you needed Christ, He was already looking for you. He loved you. He's for you. He's died for you. He's poured Himself out for you so that if you want, if you want, He can live in you. And when He lives in you, you can do all things through that strength that is in you, through Christ. So once we get this revelation that we can be content because we got Christ, Paul says these very powerful two words, very big revelation here, guys. I can. I can. I can. Very different to I can't. Very different to I can't. Have you ever been through a season where you've said to yourself, I can't, or I don't think I can, maybe as a softer version of I can't? Man, I've been through seasons like that. I think that's one of the hardest parts about going through like burnout and fatigue and just feeling like you hit the wall is I stopped saying I can and I started saying I can't. I can't, can't do this anymore. I can't keep going. I can't get up today. I can't handle that. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And if I can't gets loud enough, it starts to really shape and limit the work of Christ in us. And so while that's human and while, you know, we can acknowledge that, we can acknowledge that God is wanting to lead us beyond that to I can, to I can. When I say I can't, it's because I'm trusting in myself. But when I have a revelation of Christ in me, I can say I can. And that's why Paul with an empty stomach or a full stomach with people coming to know Christ or people running him out of town, with whatever he's going through, the good times, the bad, the shipwrecks, the beatings, all of it, 2 Corinthians 11, the full whole list, that's why through all of that, he still comes to the conclusion, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> do your cans and your cannots need reevaluating today? Just gently, do they need a little adjustment? The devil loves for us to believe the lies of I can't. 
He loves for us to get caught up in ourselves and our own ability. But God wants to elevate us and lead us to the rock that's higher than us and realise that in Christ, I can. I can. You know, Katie was saying to me yesterday with the kids that I just thought is so beautiful. She says, really hard watching some of the kids when they say I can when they really can't. They think they can jump off that rock and they'll be okay into the water, but they actually can't get out far enough to make it over the next ledge. And as a parent, you're trying to wrestle with, they're saying, I can. They've got an over, you know, confident ability in their own abilities. They're overconfident in their own abilities, but, you know, you're trying to, you know, so as a parent, that's quite tough. I wonder if God's like that a little bit, because sometimes we're saying, I can, but we're not saying, I can, because of the right reasons. We're saying I can because it's a good day out there. Saying I can because I've got enough energy. I'm saying I can because the bank account's good enough. Saying I can because, you know, it looks like I can with or without God. Very, that must be tough for God to watch us say I can when really we cannot. Unless it's with Him and in His strength. But equally so, it's really hard with, as a parent when the kids are saying I can't when they can especially when it's to do with the dishes. <laughs> but, you know, going beyond that, where they, where they don't feel like they can face something or accomplish something, but you know they can. You've seen it. I wonder if sometimes we're saying, I can't, and God's whispering, you can. I got you. I'll hold you from my glorious, unlimited Heavenly resources, as Ephesians 3 says, I will strengthen you. I can do all things. Well, what are the all things? Because they're not how people sometimes use the verse, as I've said. It's not, I can win this game, or I can get the trophy, or I can chase this dream. That's not what it's talking about. Here's at least three things it's talking about. I think it's talking about more, but three's enough for today. I can live faithfully for him and with him every day of my life through Christ who strengthens me. I can live faithfully for him every day of my life through Christ who strengthens me. This is what Second Peter would say. The Apostle Peter says the same thing. Chapter one, verse three. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous, marvelous glory and excellence, speaking of Christ Jesus. You have everything you need to live faithfully for him today, tomorrow, and every day of your lives. You don't need anything else in Jesus. You have everything you need to live faithfully for him. Keep living faithfully for him. I was talking with a Older, lovely gentleman, he's 85 years old, a part of our church, probably the most encouraging person a part of this church, to be honest. Uh, he's my goal of encouragement and of faith uh, when I'm that age. And, and he just, hey, Christ hasn't let me down yet. Yeah, and man, they've been through hell and back, but Christ hasn't let me down yet. You can do all things. You can live faithfully for him every day of your life till your last the second thing you can do all things in is you can overcome every temptation in your life. 
You can overcome every temptation in your life. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you were tempted, He will show you a way out so you can endure. There is not a sin in your life that through Christ you cannot overcome. Not saying that you're at some point never gonna sin, but through Christ, you can overcome every sin in your life. You can overcome every temptation in your life. This week, when sin comes knocking at the door, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This week, when you're tempted to, I don't know if I can follow Jesus faithfully today, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the third thing is this. You can do all things. You can do whatever God has asked you to do in your life through Christ who strengthens you. We know that God has prepared good works for us. We know that He has left us here on this earth for a purpose to bring about His kingdom in some way, shape or form everywhere we go. Paul knew he had a purpose to preach the gospel to those that hadn't heard it yet, particularly to the Gentiles. I know I have a purpose, but here's the thing. Every single one of us has a purpose. Every single one of us has a ministry. Ministry is not for people who work in church. Ministry is for people who believe in Jesus. Ministry means serving the Lord, right? And so we all have a ministry. You have a ministry when you go to your home. You've got a ministry there. You've got a ministry in your flat. You've got a ministry in your workplace. You've got a ministry in the church. You've got a ministry with all the different projects and things that people are believing God for to bring about God's purposes in all the different ways He's spoken to all of us. And you can do it through Christ who gives you strength. This is Philippians 4, 19, right? And this same God who takes care of me, Paul says, will supply all your needs for His glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. I know it might feel like in this season you're further away perhaps from the purposes of God in your life than maybe you've felt in other times, but you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God can bring it to pass. God can take you there. God can get you there. You can keep believing. You can keep following. And you can keep hoping and praying because God will, by faith, accomplish the purposes that He's left you on this earth for. Still here? God's still got purposes for you. Still got breath? God's still got purposes for you. And you can fulfill them through Christ who gives you strength. Look, I mean, there's other things, right? You can stand through Christ who gives you strength. You can endure through Christ who gives you strength. You can press on through Christ who gives you strength. You can rejoice even in the most unlikely of circumstances through Christ who gives you strength. I love what a theologian wrote. They said, whatever Christ has for you to do, He will supply the power. Whatever gift He gives you, He will give the power to exercise that gift. A gift is a manifestation of the Spirit of God in the life of the believer. As long as you function in Christ, you will have the power. He certainly does not mean that He's putting unlimited power for you to do whatever you want at your disposal. Rather, He will give you the enablement to do all things in the context of His will for your life. You pushing up against the wall? You coming to the end of yourself? 
you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Now, the Christian life is not only difficult, it's impossible unless we acquire the power from Christ to live it out through Christ. Here's the difficult thing as we come to a conclusion. As Paul says, I have learned this and we must all learn it. He's learned how to be content in every situation. He's learned that he can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. (laughs) How did he learn it? I don't think God zapped zapped him with it. I don't think God just downloaded the revelation one day. I think him, like us, he learned it the hard way. He learned it by everything that he's used to being able to rely on in his life, being stripped away from him and him realizing Christ is still enough. Christ is still enough. You learn it through the good times. You learn that God can do amazing things, but you learn it through the hard times when you realize that God can still do amazing things. You learn it as you rely on Him and God will get you to rely on Him one way or another. God seems to have no issue with stripping everything away so that you can learn Christ is enough. Christ is enough. When you have little, you're being humbled. There's no two ways about it. But so you can learn Christ is enough and He can exalt you. When you're being taken to the end of yourself, it's so Christ can show Himself strong even through your weakness. This is the Gideon story, if you're familiar with that. Judges chapter six, you can read it this week. God comes to Gideon, a coward, hiding away from the enemy. He speaks a prophetic word over his life. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. He's probably thinking, I'm not a mighty hero, I'm a coward hiding away. When God speaks it, right, there's something creative about that. And he, He imparts into Him, He births into Him the hero. And as He blows the ram's horn and calls the armies to fight the Midianites, 32,000 Soldiers turn up and Gideon's probably thinking, maybe I will be a mighty hero. Look, they're all following me. Isn't this amazing? And God comes to Gideon and says, you have too many. Now, compared to how many Midianites there were, they didn't have too many. They had less than the Midianites, okay? But God says, you have too many. If you get the victory, you will be tempted to think we have done this ourselves. God wants the glory. And so he says, tell all the people who are afraid to go home. I don't know what Gideon was expecting, but I don't think he was expecting 22,000 people to go home. 22,000 people walk, 10,000. 32,000 was touch and go. 10,000 is more than touch and go, okay? It's not gonna happen unless God intervenes here. And God still looks and goes, you have too many. And so he says, take them down to the river. Watch how they drink. If they drink this way, they're gone. And if they drink this way, take them with you. He goes from 32,000 down to 300. 
with these 300, the Lord declares, you will have the victory. Gideon's freaking out. He's not knowing, but God is teaching him through Christ, you can do all things. Through Christ, you can do all things. Are you feeling stripped back in this season? Are you feeling like God's giddying you? Feel like God's taking away some of the things you're used to rely on, you're used to finding contentment and peace and security in? Oh, God is teaching you the secret that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Welcome the lesson. Welcome the learning. God only disciplines those He loves. Oh, you must love me, Lord. Just receive it and learn that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Look, there's a temptation when the, when the kids are on the ski biscuit and you're towing them and dad's driving a bit aggressively. You know, mum drives them to keep them on there, dad drives them to get them off, okay? And they're going around the corner, they're holding on, white knuckling it, you know. <laughs> There's a moment on the corner, right, where they have to decide, am I gonna hold on and make it? Or am I gonna let go and exit on my own terms? <laughs> they gotta decide. When we go through tough times in, in our lives, we have to decide, can I actually do all things through Christ who strengthens me, or is it all bogus? And you'll only ever know if you hold on and let Him strengthen you. So hold on, friends. Hold on, brothers and sisters. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can live faithfully for Him. You can overcome every temptation and you can fulfill God's purposes in your life. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. This is the mystery. This is the secret. Christ in you. And so we come to the table this morning. We come to Christ. We enter the holy mystery where a cracker and some juice manifest as God's very presence to us. I don't know how to explain it, it's a mystery, just embrace it. He died for you so that He could live in you. And when we take of the juice and we take of the cracker, we are reminded He is our real life. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, because in Christ, is your real life. As we come to the table, let's be grateful that He has allowed us to live with Him and in Him and for Him. And He has made us worthy to be a dwelling place for His very own presence. Come today and be strengthened by the Christ that lives in you for all that you face, because He is faithful. He is faithful and He is enough. Let us pray and bless the elements. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Son, Jesus. Thank You for His blood poured out, His body broken. We bless the crackers and we receive them as Your body broken for us. We bless the juice 
and we receive it as your blood poured out for us. We remember you, Jesus. We proclaim you until you return. And we say once again for another week, you are enough. It's in your beautiful name we pray. Amen. 